Hello, hello, and welcome to the Casa Delaware Live podcast. I'm Lauren Bruckner, the Casa Training Director and your host for today's podcast. This is episode number 84 being released on Monday, April 24th of 2023. And April, I learned, is Financial Management Awareness Month. Um, So to kind of honor that awareness, um, I have asked um, CASA volunteer Carmine Alessandro, who is a financial accountant, to share some insight. In fact, he volunteered to do it first. Um, So I am super grateful that Carmine is going to share with us some basic information about financial management that CASAs can use to support their youth. We have a number of children that turn and uh, that enter their teenage years in foster care, and they might be working or receiving some funds from other um, other sources, such as assist funds or possibly SSI or any any number of financial um, income. And some ideas, Carmine shares with us some ideas of things that Casa volunteers can chat with youth about when. Balancing income versus expenditures. So we do know that youth start to expend some money uh, on things that bring them joy uh, as well as necessities. So Carmine shares with us some tips and tricks that CASAs can use to discuss with their youth how to make uh, intelligent financial decisions. So without further ado, let's get to my chit chat with Carmine Alessandro. Hello, Carmine. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Carmine, can you do me a favor and t- teach us a little bit about you? Teach us about your early childhood uh, education, early career, and then what you do today. Oh, well, I had a pretty traditional childhood. Uh, I moved to Delaware when I was 18, 15. Um, during high school and college, I worked as an auto mechanic. Um, graduated University of Delaware with degrees in criminal justice and sociology. Uh, after then, I transitioned to retail management. I managed for the Brunswick Corporation for a dozen years or so. Then I found myself in the financial sector. Uh, insurance and tax preparation is, it was my focus for a long time. And currently, I'm an accounting controller for a large construction firm. Awesome. How did you make the leap from uh, mechanics and retail to uh, to finance? Um, it, it just, uh, I wanted to move away from working blue collar with my hands and getting into uh, into more of, of an intellectual capacity, you know, working with my mind. You had to chat with me today because the purpose of today's podcast is to talk about some basic financial information that CASAs can use to support kids who might benefit from this information. You know, we know that quite a lot of our CASA clients end up aging out of foster care 
or come into foster care as teens and they may reunify or go into a guardianship or be adopted, but they might be lacking some uh, basic financial information. So what are, we'll start with some basics. What are some basic uh, basics to finance that most people should know, but might not? Well, regardless of age, uh, budgeting is where most people have difficulty. It's important to develop an understanding of income versus expenses. Expensive. How much money they have coming in, whether it's from an allowance, uh, social security or state payments, or a job. They need to also recognize what expenses they have and the difference between wants and needs. That, that's a big one, especially for youth. Uh, paying their bills on time, saving for the future are also critical components as well. I guess uh, what I would say, as CASA's youth approach appropriate age, you know, one where they're going to start begin, beginning a level of responsibility for themselves, I would suggest planning to sit down with them and start covering, you know, the basics. Starting with setting goals. You know, without clear goals, it can be difficult to do the hard work of budgeting and saving. You know, defining a few specific goals, whether that's eventually buying a car, saving for a place of their own, or, or just about anything else, covering, you know, basic necessities. It'll give them a picture of of what a successful future can look like and hopefully keep them motivated to work towards that. Teaching them to distinguish the difference between wants and needs uh, is important. Um, we all view everything we want as a need, but that's generally not how it works. Uh, needs, uh, you know, it's food, clothing, shelter, reliable transportation, things like that. Everything else is most likely a want. They're important, but, but they have to come secondary to necessities. Um, one of the things that, that I would also stress would be the concept of always paying yourself first. Um, and that just means taking some money out of, out of each paycheck or payment of, of whatever source it happens to be and putting it towards future goals, whether that's repairing a vehicle, paying for college, or helping to pay for college, uh, setting money aside, to save for those things is critical at you know at, at any age uh, and certainly worth getting them used to. Yeah, that's a good idea. I always remember those jars, you know, that would say like you know vacation jar or you know car jars. You know, <laughs> yeah. In your experience working with all people, not just youth. Um, do you find that some people jet struggle with uh, delaying satisf satisfaction? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and everybody is, is the same. It takes, it takes a strong level of commitment to deny what you want today to hopefully have more of what you want tomorrow. Um, but it's, it's an important concept to, uh, to try and instill in youth. Um, plenty of adults lack that commitment as well. I did growing up. I, I'll be the first to admit that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a skill and it's something that, you know, they need to learn. We need to help them. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's so interesting. So I love the idea that CASAs can sit down with their youth and just on a piece of paper, you know, write down, I imagine sort of like a table, like, you know, here are your necessary expenses, you know, here are your, your needs and then here are your wants and explain the difference between the two. Yeah, helping them to understand that difference is critical. Uh, you know, we, we, all, we all have desires, and 
that that desire, that want, still feels like a need when we have it. Understanding what is truly a need and what is a want, um, it, there's a differentiation there that, that many of us lack. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then a lot of our youth, you know, if they're involved in independent living services, they can receive um, some financial uh, stipends through the assist funds, um, yeah. which which I never remember what it stands for, but um, they do have to take a money module course. But then that's a one time, you know, they take that course once, you know, in order to receive those funds. So CASAs can certainly chat with them on an ongoing basis, um, kind of about their financial situation. That's a great resource for them, absolutely. Um, so in your experience, Carmine, where do you see youth struggling the most when understanding finances, so I actually have an embarrassing question. Do do people still balance a checkbook? Like, is that still a thing? It's funny <laughs> you say that. No. Um, in my experience, most people don't. And I, and I think the fundamentals is where, uh, especially youth, but, but a lot of people struggle. As society has become more digital, a lot of the simplest things have gotten lost. Um, you would be surprised at how many people, and you can see it every day if you go into a convenience store or a gas station, how many people in a cashier role struggle making change. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, cash registers will, will often give them the amount in the coins, you know, three quarters, two dimes, and a penny, you know, that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we've taken, we've taken the, the mental calculations away uh, they don't teach that in school hardly at, at all anymore and people just don't develop that that skill set uh, that leads to struggles with with the entire idea behind finances if you struggle to make change for a dollar understanding how much your expenses are and how much your income is and and where you have opportunities to save but it's just an alien concept yeah and it's not for youth um, that we deal with through the CASA program, um, the, the larger populace is the same way. Yeah, so it's not just them. I'm just imagining that fo the youth experiencing foster care are at a greater risk of that happening mm -hmm. because they lack a stable adult sometimes, you know, to be able to teach them those kind of basic finances. Exactly, exactly. Um, Carmine, so generally speaking, you know, speaking of uh, supports, parents generally teach their children about responsible financial decisions, but most of our youth experiencing foster care may not receive these, these teachings and these lessons. So in your experience, what are some barriers that young people experience when they're trying to become financially independent? Well, I think for, for youth in the foster system, the... The biggest barrier, at least in my experience, and I certainly don't have the level of experience that you do dealing with, with these children, but I, I think um, these kids are, are in a basic survival mode. You know, their experience often traumatic, and, and they're, they're just functioning day to day. Uh, they don't have, they often don't have a, a solid environment. Um, so, so that, you know, that coupled with the fact that many of these things aren't taught in school and parents, whether they're foster parents or, or a traditional family situation, 
they're working more jobs and more hours and and longer hours and things like this are just not a high enough priority to uh to effectively teach children especially in the foster system and that's one of the opportunities i think for us as casas you know we we do this as, as volunteers and it's important to us it's important to the children if we can just allocate a little bit of time to filling in the gaps for what they're not getting taught you know in a traditional home or, or in school then we, we can really make a significant impact on, on their their future yeah, that's a really good idea. And I love the idea of empowering CASA volunteers to be able to have these financial discussions with kids. You know, it can certainly be, you know, a, a, a light discussion, but leading to, like you said, you know, writing down goals, uh, understanding what their income actually is and then what their expenses are and or what they will be. Right, right, exactly. So Carmine, what are some, what's some guidance that you'd provide to a youth who might find themselves in a different financial situation in a relatively short period of time? So for example, um, suddenly there's a lot less money, such as a youth loses a job or, um, you know, loses some income for some reason or vice versa, gets a job and starts, you know, having an income every week or two. What, what's some advice you would offer to a youth if that happens? Um, well, I think going straight back to the basic, um, if they if they can gain an understanding of budgeting and and a, a solid foundation of where their income's coming from, where their expenses are going, then when those types of things happen, for better or for worse, they'll have the skill set to adjust their budget and and. Um, Either, either plan to spend less if the income goes down or save more if the income goes up, but they'll be able to um, follow through with a plan if they have one in place. And if they've been taught the basic, then they'll be able to uh, follow through with that plan more effectively. Gotcha. Um, so you've kind of chatted about it already, but I'll, I'll ask anyway. Um, if a CASA were to sit down with their youth, you know, and provide some financial guidance, what are some key things that you would suggest that the CASA share? Uh, first and foremost, don't make any assumptions that they know what you know. Uh, use probing conversations, um, you know, don't grill them, but, but in, just in conversation, try to identify their level of knowledge and start from there. You know, for some, it'll be, as rudimentary as making change for a dollar. For others, it'll be more complex issues, uh, like budgeting and, and saving for a car or some other large necessity. It's not gonna be a one size fits all. You have to meet them at their level and guide them through their individual uh, situation. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so, and I'm thinking, it, just in your experience with finances, um, as, sort of an off-the-cuff question, but sort of as life gets, I'll say, a little more difficult or at least changes, um, in your experience, are people able to kind of make quick financial reactions to the way life changes or not really? It depends. It, it depends on, on a few things, in my opinion. Um, the the uh, solidity of their foundation, 
uh, if they have adequate knowledge to be able to, to think through those, those decisions. And then if they have a, a level of confidence, um, which is often lacking with children in the, in the uh, foster system for a variety of reasons, um, with that foundation and confidence, they should be able to make decisions quickly and, and effectively. Uh, but th there's issues with that. You know, sometimes they don't have a foundation um, and hopefully, you know, we as houses can help provide that. And, you know, the, the confidence is gonna come from the knowledge. When, you know, when they have a solid understanding, uh, hopefully they'll be confident in making those decisions. Yeah. And I'm thinking about some of the families we work with. So I'm thinking like the parents, a lot of times on a parental case plan, it includes financial resources or budgeting. A lot of our families either struggle with employment or they are employed, but making minimum wage and sort of finding affordable housing is kind of an, um, not possible at the moment. So it's very difficult at least. So a lot of our kids have not seen uh, strong financial management just from their own parents, just because the parents struggle as well. That's absolutely the case. And it's, it's a challenge that, that uh, many people face inside and outside the foster system. Um, you know, society is, has issues right now. And I, I, the best that we can do, you know, in, in, a, in a teaching capacity is explain to them the basics explain to them how things can change and help them to understand that the way that it is isn't always the way that it has to be so they for for those changes down the road but yeah it's it's a huge it's a huge problem with uh, affordable housing and and um and employment levels you know for, for people that don't make enough for the basics it's hard to it's hard to convince somebody it's important to save money when there's barely enough money to buy the necessities, food and clothing, um, things like that. And then, trust me, I understand the challenges to that, but we have to just do the best that we can to, uh, to impart as much knowledge as we can to hopefully set them up for a brighter future than what they're going through right now. Right. I love what you say. Just because it, it is this way now doesn't mean it'll always be that way. That's a, that's a cool, it's an absolute way to think about it. For those changes, like you mentioned earlier, you know, these youth, many of them are motivated to do well. And at some point they will get better than minimum wage paying jobs and they will have discretionary income. And if we don't give them the foundation on how best to utilize that money, then it leaves them the opportunity to waste it. And if we're going to go through the effort of trying to guide them in the first place, um, we would we would be remiss if we didn't cover those future things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thinking about paying bills, um, in, in your experience, do youth, uh, do they understand about um, kind of reoccurring bills and like the electric bill needs to be paid every month and rent needs to be paid every month. Do, do a lot of people understand that or not necessarily? Well, and I guess that's kind of situational depending on, on the environment that the child had. I know um, I have talked to the youth in the foster system that had continual problems with the power being shut off. And they understand that if you don't pay the bill, the power gets shut off. Um, 
go maybe uh, you know a little bit on that same on the same issue but the other side of it they may not be conversant with how you pay the bill and how often the bill comes and and the necessity of saving the money from your paychecks throughout the month to be able to pay that monthly bill so that that's where you know we can lend them some guidance and explain the ins and outs of how those recurring bills go up, you know, and how they're different from a one-time purchase. Yeah, it makes sense. And I know a lot of our youth, you know, do have cell phones. So I'm thinking that's another reoccurring charge um, that happens, whether it's a, a formal plan or they do a month-to-month kind of straight talk from Walmart type of, of situation. Um, yes. And if that bill doesn't get paid, the, the phone doesn't work anymore. <laughs> And that's a great starting point for the conversation, you know, starting, you know, explaining to them, you know, if it's not you, somebody pays for that bill. And if it doesn't get paid, you don't have the phone. And, and that would be something that would resonate with them because everybody has to have their phone. Right. I think I'm thinking of um, when you were talking about wants versus needs, I, I think I'm just guessing that the cell phone might be the one item that we would argue strongly is one or the other. Like some might argue that's a need. Others would argue, you know, that's a want. And I could see that being a, a bit of a... Um... Is that an argument on both sides, I believe? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's always funny because um, that is... A lot of CASAs may not necessarily know this, but, um, you know, when kids are in foster care, they do not receive... They don't automatically receive a cell phone. Um, so a lot, But a lot of our kids do have them. But what's interesting is they come from a variety of different places, either foster parents or biological family, but DFS will not pay for a cell phone and nor will the Office of the Child Advocate CASA program. So, or, so a lot of the teens end up, pay, that's something they end up paying for themselves, especially if they have a job and, you know, they're 16 or older-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But that's always kind of a hot topic, whether or not a cell phone is a need or a want. I've discussed that more than once with, with um, the, the, the kids that I've dealt with through the CASA program. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, all right, Carmine, any other thoughts on finances uh, that you want to share or you think a, a CASA should know? Uh, nothing specific, largely because this topic is going to be very dependent on the, the level of the, the youth that you're dealing with. But just know that there's a ton of great resources uh, out there to assist anyone that, that needs more information. There's plenty of books, online articles. Um, they range from the simplest of concepts to, to very complex um, financial planning tools. Um, so th- there's plenty of things available for anybody that needs more specific situational information for their use. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm just imagining, you know, just using um, an Excel sheet, you know, where you just put one one line is your expenses, one line is your income, and you can just highlight it all. And on the bottom right-hand corner, it says sum, and it'll tell you what the, you know, it'll do the math for you. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's, it's, it doesn't have to be complex. Once, once you can impart the basic um, to them, then however they choose, whether it's through Excel, you know, if they have a phone, they can do it right on their phone in, in a memo section. Um, whatever, whatever's easiest for them to get in, in a habit of tracking that and um, working through that, it's, it's not difficult. 
Yeah. Are there, I'm, I'm imagining, are there some apps, you know, that do your budgeting for you kind of each month? You just, like you said, you put in your expenses, you put in your uh, yeah. income. There are plenty of apps available. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Carmine. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. I pr- appreciate the opportunity. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed my chit-chat with Casa Carmine Alessandro as he shares his experience and uh, thoughts about financial management working with our youth in foster care. So he gave some really good tips and some ideas of things that you can do while working with your youth. Simplest being just sitting down and chatting with your Casa youth about what their income is and what their expenses are. Again, sorting through those wants versus needs and then laying out what their plans are. And as their income or expenses change, you can continue to have those discussions. Uh, You know, how should their behavior reflect the difference in income, whether it's more income or less income? Um, So if anything, you can certainly check out some apps, some budgeting apps uh, for phones that we could recommend, or uh, sit down with either a pad and paper or whip out an Excel spreadsheet if you want to get fancy, and you can do some basic math demonstrating um, income versus expenditures. So if you are a CASA volunteer and you listen to this podcast, go ahead and complete your in-service training credit form, and you can send it back to me for a half hour of CASA training credit. Thanks so much for listening. Friendship will never die.